Hello and welcome to episode 57 <laughs> of North Point Plus. I was just clearing my throat as we started the podcast. Welcome! I just cleared my throat before we started the podcast. What so. number are we? 57? 57. We are wow. 57 episodes old. That's incredible. Or 57 young, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, and you're not going to make it to 60. No. It's been <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, if you weren't... We'll, uh, we'll have to invite you back sometime. So oh, you yeah, can be, I'll do... You can do podcast number 193 or <laughs> whatever. Say, yeah, I'll do like the special, the big episodes. <coughs> I'll do 100 and 150 and... When we throw... Uh, maybe 100. No, that's too soon. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do 200. 200. Yeah, there we go. That's better. <laughs> Bring back all the original cast. That's right. <laughs> cast a thousand. Uh, this is North Point Plus. This is our follow-up podcast. Uh, we get together on Sunday mornings, which was not that long ago for us as we're recording, because we're recording a little earlier than usual. Yes. <laughs> to accommodate some travel. Yes. Um, My costume. I didn't bring a costume change. <laughs> no, yeah, I didn't either. If you saw me in the sound booth, this is what I looked like. Yep. Sorry. Um, yeah, so we uh, we record this podcast because it allows us to go a little deeper to kind of keep what we have on Sunday mornings going throughout the week. Uh, so we worship together on Sunday mornings. We gather together, sing songs, dive into the Word, um, listen to God, and this podcast is more of that with less of the singing. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, I do want to say, yeah. it looks to me like I like your um, your dress style today. I'm <laughs> I'm scarlet and gray oh, wow. and you are you are gray and scarlet um, <laughs> the, the, the scarlet is uh, scarlet and gray baby it's a, i'm gonna color correct it uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's not quite <laughs> red i'm gonna change the color <laughs> it's much better than that maize and blue stuff oh that, well uh, i got nothing <laughs> sports is sports it was a it was a hard week for some michigan fans but for not michigan for, state for this yeah. michigan fan <laughs> yep um Anyway, <laughs> we're doing a podcast, aren't we? Yes, we are. Uh, we are uh, just plowing through our new Experiencing God series. We just kicked off. This is week four. Am I doing that right? Or um, unit four? The, uh, we, we started unit four today. Yes. Yeah. So that was that was this Sunday. So kicking off unit four, and you did a little bit of a summary of what we've kind of covered up to this point. So I guess give people like the 20-second the summary of what we've covered up to this point in experiencing God and what we're diving into this week. Yeah, the 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 um the foundation, the core is that we really can experience God's presence and his leading and see what he's doing and be a part of that. Um that's uh that's the foundation that's there that God loves us, that he pursues a relationship with us. He wants us to be a part of what he's doing. Um, and that um, and that we can we can know his will we can we can figure that out that's that's all part of the component today we really talked about the the concept that um, obedience leads to freedom that's that's that really is the thing we tend to think of obedience in negative terms uh, we, like it's um, constricting that it's harsh that um, it obedience communicates this sense of rules and all that kind of stuff and and in the context of experiencing God really in this message it it really is about obeying God's nudges it's um, not so much the um, the set of rules stuff but we'll talk about that with some some more questions yeah. but that we that that out of our relationship we we when we obey in a relationship it's because we trust the person that we're in relationship with mm. we obey the the laws because we trust the government or should you know that that, that they uh, that they're going to make laws that that serve the greater interest for everybody yeah yeah um it's <laughs> as you started diving into the message i immediately thought of 
uh, an old children's song <laughs> that I used to sing in Sunday school. Uh, Obedience is the very best way <laughs> to show that you believe. And I thought, and I, and that, like, oh, wow. as you were I talking, sing it. I don't know it. You don't know this children's yeah. song? Oh my goodness! Maybe this is us old Reformed Baptists <laughs> in our old Sunday school. Uh, it's obedience is the very best way to show that you believe, doing exactly what the Lord commands and doing it happily. Action is the key. Do it immediately. That's what you yell out with the kids. <laughs> and joy you will receive. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. So if you grew up in church. Wow, you can you can go back and repeat that until you can learn it and teach it to your kids. Mm -hmm. The song that came to my mind was, uh, it was a uh, Donut Man song, maybe. Oh, yeah, see, Julie was a big Donut Man fan, but um, I, was, I was more old school. O-B-E-Y, obey your mom and dad. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's more to that. That's good stuff. But, but yeah. like, I, I was just chuckling in the back because it it reminded me of how simple a lot of those children's songs are in terms of their concepts, but how rich that actually is. Yeah. And we just tend to move away from that. And, and you talked about this in your message that for us, obedience is this dirty, nasty word because it's so restrictive to obey is often accompanied with like, well, don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't yeah. do this. And so we tend to associate it with restrictions rather than freedom on things. Yeah. So it's a really, really interesting concept to dive into. And we got some interesting questions to dive good. into as well. So good. Uh, but first, before we go into obedience, we have a question from last week. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so last week we talked about, again, we talked about what is God's will? And we really wrestled with this concept of should we seek God's will or should we seek God's will for my life? Is there a difference right. in that? Uh, and kind of what we had landed on is to seek God's will for my life as the primary, uh, as my primary focus ultimately puts me in the in the bullseye of what I'm looking for rather than putting God there. Yeah. So we got a question that uh, I think is interesting and I want to wrestle with it. So regarding the podcast this week, which was last week, uh, if we don't pray for God's will, how will we know what it is? So are we saying we shouldn't pray for God's will, that we shouldn't seek God's will at all? Like, how do we, bleh, <laughs> what well, do we do with this? <laughs> when, the, when the disciples asked Jesus um, how to pray, to teach him to pray, one of the things that he said was, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there's, um, so there's a model that comes from Jesus to say, God, let your will get lived out here on earth. And, and yeah. that makes sense to pray that. I would say in a bigger picture context that we know God's will, not God's will for our life, but we know God's will from Scripture. God's not willing that any should perish. Um, God's will is that He would draw all men to Him. Yep. God's, God's will is that that we would be involved in a relationship with Him that would transform our lives, that, yeah. that um, we wouldn't be burdened by sin. Oh, we know all of that is God's will, um, and that's much clearer than, okay, do I turn right at the stoplight <laughs> or left at the stoplight? Right. Um, do I marry this person or that person, that kind of thing? And so I, I, it clearly is a good thing to pray, uh, God, may your will be accomplished. Yeah. And I think when we say, God, show me your will, that's a different kind of prayer than saying, um, show me your will with, yeah. um, with what college I go to go to, or do I take this new job or not? Um, God's will is, I think, while God cares about every one of those decisions, yep. God's will is bigger than 
whether or not I work for this company or that company. Yeah, yeah. The way I've the way I've talked about it in the past is that God is not in the business of hiding <laughs> his will from you. Yeah. And so if you look at God's word, like like you said, it's very clear what right. God's design is, what God's desire is, um, what God's intentions are with creation and his relationship. Like all of that is very clear. There's nothing in that that's like, hmm, I wonder if God hasn't revealed this one aspect of his will yet. Like that's all very clear. Um, and like you said, there are these... Uh, I guess in perspective, smaller decisions where it's yeah. like, you know, where do I go to college? When should I get married? Who should I get married to? And all these different things that it's not that God doesn't care about those things. And it's not that we shouldn't seek God's input on those things, but to make that the primary focus where it's like, oh my gosh, if I, if I have to wrestle with going to the Ohio state or university of Michigan and I choose the wrong, like, is God, am I outside of God's will because I went to Michigan? And yes, proposed? yes. The answer is <laughs> it's yes. in Scripture. It's so clear. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, we get so focused in that where it's like, oh, my, like, should I get married in a summer wedding or a winter wedding? Right. And it's like, Maybe you should just get married. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe maybe that's yeah. maybe that's God's will for your life. Is yeah. Just get married. Um, so, yeah, to, to the question, should we pray God's will? Yes. Yes. And is God's will clear? Yes. Right. So we should seek it. So yep. hopefully that's a little less muddy. Yeah. But probably not. You could submit more questions. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so now into questions about obedience, because that's what we wrestled with today. Yeah. How do some of God's commands put a limitation or no, no, no sorry. Re, re, I got to re, I got to go back. <laughs> Why do some of God's commands put a limitation on what we can do? How does that square with freedom and obedience? So you talked about this concept in your message of there's in in true obedience to God, in full obedience to God, that's where we really find freedom, even right. though it seems restricting. So why, you know, if we're looking at why God puts out these commands, you know, if we're looking at Scripture, God says, you know, even just the Ten Commandments seem yeah. restrictive, where I can't right. have any other gods, I can't cheat on my wife, I can't steal, can't murder, any of these things. Why? Why Why does God put these limitations and how is that freedom for us? Yeah. Um, l- let me let me just clarify in terms of today's message or maybe talk about it a little bit more. The, the, the whole concept of macro freedom and micro freedom mm. um, or m- macro obedience, micro obedience. The, um, in the macro area of obedience. So when we talk about giving control of our life to Jesus, when we talk about having the right kind of relationship with God, a saving kind of relationship that involves lordship, there are lots of restrictions that come with that. Um, But in that, the restrictions create freedom. so, So God's rules, God's laws, God's directive to say, don't um, don't have an affair, don't lust, don't whatever, that is restrictive, but the freedom that it gives is, okay, you're not messing with this stuff, but your playing field, the the area that you're living in your life is free from all of the burden that comes from the sin associated, from the, from the, um, uh, the wake, uh, the consequences yeah. of the sin. So, uh, are you? Do you lose your freedom when you don't have an affair? Yes, but you're also free <laughs> that you don't have the have the conversation with your kids yeah. to say your mom and I are 
splitting up. Right. Um, you're you're free from all of the all of the stuff that is, is associated with that. Mm. And so, obedience in that sense creates a f- much freer life. Um, one of the stories that I that I uh, that were in my notes, but it didn't make it into the message. We have a friend from way back that um, he's he's like a, he's way smart and um, and and lives a very scheduled life. And at one point in time, I was talking to him and I said, "Hey, can you do this at this particular time?" And he said, uh, "No, I'm scheduled then." And I said, "Okay, how about this time?" He said. No, I'm scheduled then. I said, what's the deal? And and so he showed me his calendar, and he had literally in his work schedule, he had every segment of time blocked, um, off. blocked, <laughs> blocked off to certain kinds of tasks. Yeah. And I said, "What? Are, that's so restrictive. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Yeah. That's completely freeing because I don't have to worry about making decisions about what to do in, mm-hmm. the, in the moment. He said, I have the freedom to be able to make changes if mm-hmm. I need to. He said, but I know I'm not going to carry the burden of thinking, oh, how am I going to get that done? Because yeah. I've already allocated the time to get that done. Um, it, it, it was, it was um, for most of us, we don't think that way, but he literally, all of his tasks for his job had a specific time allocated to them in his schedule yeah. and he and he lived out a schedule an incredibly productive guy yeah. and and not ever frazzled yeah um, that's so interesting because this, this is like turning into the north point plus ted talk there was a ted talk <laughs> that i listened to that talked about that exact same concept and it fascinated me because i i love when this uh, kind of not, it doesn't come from a biblical perspective right. where this like research and thought comes in and, and pairs well with kind of what we're talking about biblically where I listened to a TED talk where this psychologist talked about how many decisions that humans have to make every single day yeah, and that your brain is really only capable of making so many decisions before it just gets frazzled. And right. You, you kind of just short circuit. You, you go on overload, yeah. Um, and so she talked about this concept of automating decisions, where she was like, there are some things where you should just automate, where like it's the same every day. And so yeah. it, you get into this routine where like, and, and so this is where people know that I'm weird. Like I have the same thing for lunch every single day. It, n- it has not changed for almost a decade where I will have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> I will have two granola bars. I'll have a cup of yogurt and an apple every single day. But it automates that part of my life because I hate preparing food. I hate thinking about it. I don't like like wow. It's such a waste of time. If I could have a granola bar every day that has all my nutrients and calories, I would gladly do that and never have to worry about meal prep ever again. But that frees up so much of my life, which would seem restrictive. Like I tell that to some people, yeah. they're like, "Oh my gosh, peanut butter and jelly every single day." And for me, it's like, it's so comforting. <laughs> to yeah, to it live creates, within that yeah. restriction. Yes, but that's where freedom is, and I think that's where it's interesting to talk about this concept of um, restriction from all of these things that take you away from God, and we see that as restriction. But like, and, that, and that's where I love, like, in your message, you pair talking about obedience brings freedom, and ultimately, in that freedom, that's where life—that's only where life exists—is within the right. bounds of obedience. So, God puts a restriction on some things and says, "Don't do this," because you could do it. And you'll be dead. <laughs> like right. it will lead to death. <laughs> That's the wages of sin. Uh, and so God doesn't do it because He arbitrarily says, like, oh well, I just decided that it's going to be uh, one male, one female for life, committed relationship. Yeah. Well, that's just well, that's what marriage is. Like, no, there's there's real thought behind what God designed, and to put a restriction on that 
is really the most life-giving thing that God can do for us. And, and what's so funny to me is that we convince ourselves, we allow Satan to convince us, whatever, that in the spiritual realm, it's different than in the physical realm. Mm. Like, I have the freedom when I go home, I have the freedom to drive on the left side of the road. <laughs> right. Uh, if that's my, I have the freedom to be able to do that. If I do, I'm going to either hit another car head on, yeah. or I'm going to cause somebody else to end up in somebody's yard or, uh, or endanger themselves. And there are going to be consequences that come as a result of that. I have that freedom, but if I obey the law and drive on the right side of the road and drive according to the speed limit and, uh, you know, do, I, I obey those laws, my life is much freer mm. than if I'm sitting in jail or if I'm sitting uh, with someone at a morgue. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Um, third question, and this 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 goes to you. You reference there's a passage in First John where it talks about God's commands are not a burden. Yeah. And so this question says, it seems like we make God's commands a burden. And they bring up Matthew 11, which, you know, in the context of, of this passage, Jesus is talking about these cities that have basically taken the law and made it God, essentially. Where right. Like, it's elevating this um, strict adherence to following the exact letter of the law. Um, so they say, how do we avoid making God's commands into a burden and really live out what Jesus says, where he says his yoke is easy and his burden is light? So reduce that question. <laughs> yes. So God God gives us commands. Yes. That really are life-giving. Yes. And we tend to twist them. <laughs> Yeah. add requirements to them where now they've just become the burden that we were trying to escape right. before. How do we avoid, how do we follow God's commands without falling into the trap of, I guess, legalism, for, for yeah. lack of a better term? I, I, would, I would say that it really comes down to the recognition that in the context of today's message, especially that I try to communicate, um, obedience um, happens in the context of relationship. And obedience... Yeah. Um, uh, when when we obey, we trust the person that we're in relationship with, that they have um, they have our best interest in mind, and that they have that they know where they're going in that. And so the the um, the the th- the things that become burdensome are typically when we make the law more important than the relationship. Hmm. When we focus yeah. on. Uh, uh, on a legalistic perspective of oh I've got to do this uh, you know I I I have to do X Y Z whatever and we lose the interaction that we have with God mm. that created His desire to say oh no you don't want to do that you know mm. I know what's better for you and that we just trust Him in that when yeah. we focus so much on the letter of the law we lose the relationship and that's that's yeah. where it and and that's when the law becomes a burden that's right. um and that's why Jesus said um it's um, it's not going to be a burden yeah. you know yeah yeah and i think i think keeping in that context of relationship i think as i as i think through this and wrestle with this i think through <clears throat> there's there's a way in which we act as god or we put ourselves in god's shoes and think okay this if i were god this is how i would Right, punish yeah. or uh, act out judgment for this law, and so I think in in my own context of you know where Grace is growing up, she's fourteen months old now, and a, and a rule that we've had with Grace is don't touch outlets. 
don't touch outlets because it's dangerous. We don't want you to get in the habit of touching outlets. Um, and so there's consequences to when Grace touches outlets. But as right now, Grace is also learning to walk. So she's got her hands on everything and she's kind of walking. So if she's like sidling down the wall and she's learning to walk and she trips and stumbles and touches an outlet, we, when we put ourselves in God's shoes, we think she t- touched the outlet. Whack. <laughs> you got, yeah. like you're getting your hand smacked. Like yeah. you can't, I told you don't touch outlets and you just touch the outlet. And we think that's how God yeah. responds to us. Uh, and so that's, then we just put this higher elevation, like you were talking about on the law, where when when you're in the context of relationship, like, am I punishing Grace when she trips? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> that's yes. because we're in this relationship and I know what she's working through and working towards. Um, and it doesn't devalue that law. It puts a higher value on the relationship that right. I have with my daughter. And like, and again, in this analogy, with God and us to understand what we're walking through, what we're going towards. And again, these restrictions are not put in place as arbitrary guidelines. Right. Like these are put in place to make you more like Christ. Right. Um, and so that's also done only in the context of relationship with Christ, which yeah. doesn't, he, he says, there is no burden there. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I think Josh McDowell, a whole bunch of years ago, uh, years ago, the, 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 um, the wording that comes to mind in a book that he wrote is that God's laws, God's rules, God's instruction is always there to provide or protect. Mm. It's always there to provide something wonderful for us yeah. and to pre- protect us from evil. Yeah. Um, and so th- that's not burdensome. But if if you focus so much on the specific nature, you don't you don't live in the protection and you don't live in the provision. You you live in yeah. fear of getting whacked and stepping out of line. Yeah. Next question. Uh, are some of God's commands too hard to follow? I sometimes find myself telling God that he's asking too much or that I can't do what he wants me to do. Have you ever found in your life that God has asked you to do something that's too hard to do? Where you've said, God, I can't do this. It's too hard. <laughs> um, I think, and this will be fun to flesh this out, I don't think God ever asks us to do something that he doesn't equip us to be able to do. Um, either by the power of the Holy Spirit or or through what Jesus has already done. So things that seem like they're too hard to to accomplish, usually it's because our focus is in the wrong place. Again, it's not back in the in the relationship. It's mm. it's on that particular thing. So in areas of sin, sometimes we think, God, I can't do that. I I, I can't I can't get rid of that. Fill in the blank. Yeah. I, I my addiction is too strong. I can't break it. Yep. Um, well, yeah, that's true. You can't mm. unless you have the Holy Spirit, mm. and then the and the the Holy Spirit will reshape your values, reshape your heart, reshape your um, circumstances, reshape your uh, the people who are in your life. Yeah. Um, reshape your affection and um, those that that thing that you're addicted to. Yeah starts to be um, things behind you rather than something that you're facing all the time. Yeah, yeah. When I think it, it comes down to sometimes God will ask you to do things that are too hard for you because mm-hmm. when it's actually accomplished, he wants people to know that it wasn't you. Right. It was him. Right. Working through it, you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, we, and we had talked about this a little before. What about when when it seems like God is asking you to do something that just makes 
no sense. Like it's a non. It seems like a nonsensical request for us. So it's not that it's too difficult, or it's that it's that it's uncle- that it's unclear what the result will be. It's just like God, this makes no sense. <laughs> like, like having someone come stay at your house <laughs> for a week that you've yes. never met before. What crazy person would do that? <laughs> um, it, I I think this is a really hard. It's a really hard thing when you sense that God's working, and and it's completely outside of the realm of what you would normally think, and you you sense that God is saying, "Yeah, I want to, I want you to be involved in that," and you think, "But, but, 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 <laughs> what will everybody think? Can we really do that? Whatever," and and you just have this sense of, "Yeah, this is something really cool for you." Um, I don't know, like I, I was trying to think, I don't have any great guardrails for that, except to say, um, uh, we talked about it in our life group and said, how do, you, how do you know when it's God who's doing the nudging? One of the people in our life group, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast last week or not, said that, they, that their, um, their sign that it was God, that it was the Holy Spirit doing the nudging, was when their hearts started beating faster. Yes, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it's when it's something that's just completely random. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that there is a, that there's a danger in saying, oh, okay, I'm going to go out wherever and <laughs> um, and just act crazy. Um, I would say if you're characterized by irrational behavior um, and Nobody really thinks that, but you know, if if yeah. if if you do stuff that gets you into trouble, mm-hmm. that takes the that takes the um, focus off of God. Yeah, um, I would say you've got to have some people in your life before you take some of those steps that seem irrational to say uh, that that you can bounce those ideas off of. Yeah, um, but there are times that I think that that. Um, if you're not characterized by irrational behavior um, and the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something that seems to be irrational, um, th- that it's probably a great thing to, to go ahead and respond to him, mm. knowing that that could still blow up. But if it does, that God's with you in that, in that process. Yeah. I, um, I, I remember a number of years ago I was speaking and I talked about picking up a hitchhiker and there was a good godly man afterwards that said, you're stupid. Um, you should never pick up a hitchhiker. It's too dangerous. Well, you know what? Holy Spirit prompted me to pick up a hitchhiker. Hmm. Um, what do I do with that? Um, the, uh, same kind of thing. That there, I'm. <laughs> I, I said there are probably people in the message today that, that if you listen to the message that said you invited <laughs> people to stay in your home that you didn't vet, you didn't know, and you had met ten minutes earlier. Well, yeah. Was that dangerous? Didn't seem dangerous to us. Yeah. I, you know, I, it. God was in that. Yeah. Um, and and we had both Deb and I were on the same page on that. Yeah. It's not. It's not like Deb was saying, "Yeah, we should do this," and I was saying, "Yeah, no, 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 no. That's not happening." <laughs> yeah. Um, the um, but part of that is I tr- trust her. Yeah. Um, so I, again, out of that relationship. Yeah, and I think it, it's worth 
keeping it in the context of, you know, if God's asking us to do things that are nonsensical, typically they're nonsensical because they make us uncomfortable. Yeah. And often God will ask you to do things that are just yes. uncomfortable for you. And, and, and not just uncomfortable. Sometimes we think, um, what are people going to think about me if yep. I do that? Yep. And, um, so that, uh, that leads to a fun story that happened after second service where somebody came up and, and um, talked to me and said, um, I got a quick story for you. I said, okay. And they, they talked about being in the, the gas station this week. They're doing Experiencing God. They've been in the gas station and said, hey, to the, to the cashier, how's your day going? And the guy said, well, frankly, it's going terrible. Um, my wife and my daughter are in Indiana. Car broke down can't afford to um, get them home. And and they said, can I pray for you? Huh. And the guy said, yeah, that, that'd be great. So next day, they're back in the gas station, see the guy. How are things going with your wife and your daughter? And, um, and he, uh, well, a little bit more background. They said that they talked to their spouse, and, um, and in their quiet time, they had said, you know what? I'm praying for God to provide for this these people f- with a broken down car. Why can't I help them? Mm. Um, so they yeah. talked to their spouse, uh, decided on an s- amount of money to um, uh, <laughs> decide on an amount of money that they're going to give to this random person yeah. to help the wife and daughter get back. Put an envelope, take it back in. How's things going? They said actually they're on their way here, but they had a flat tire, um, and the money. Is gonna, I think, cover the cost of the flat tire. Wow. Didn't cost, the, didn't cover the cost of the repair, but wow. that was gonna bring them back. Wow. Now they they told me the story because uh, th- this is the part that they didn't they didn't hear, but the part of why I wanted to tell it was when I do sermon prep, um, and and come up with real life illustrations. Sometimes it's all random. It's just uh, you know, yeah. uh, how how can I show this? But if you go back and listen to the message. Um, I talked about meeting someone in the gas station, mm-hmm. and I talked about buying tires. <laughs> um, and they said it was like that was just like confirmation yeah. that God was absolutely in mm. the center of that. Now, again, is that coincidence? I would say it's having a sense of what God's doing and, um, and just being a part of how he's working. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and I, I love that you you tied that into that it, this fear of how we'll be perceived. Because when you think about, I don't know, and this is convicting for me, where it's like something as simple as praying for another person. It's like, why don't we just offer to pray for literally everyone we come across? Yeah. Like, you could do that yeah. with everybody, with your cashier, yeah. with your barista, with your waitress, with your yeah. family members. Like, you could do that with everybody, but we're just like, eh, what if they say no? <laughs> yeah. Well, they might. Yeah. But then you might be able to pray for somebody. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We just, we're so skittish. <laughs> we're like, we are. Sheep is uh, such an appropriate analogy. <laughs> and, and in that fear, we miss being used by God. We miss seeing what God's doing. Yep. There's, there's just something pretty incredible when you say yes, and then you see God open up. Like It's like, um, I, I think the, in the, I don't know if you put it up because I couldn't see it behind me, but in the in the subtitle that said um, "Obedience leads to freedom," and what did I have written down? 
uh, something about walking through a door into a new world or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, the, um, that when we begin to sense what God is doing and we obey, it re- I think it really is literally like, oh, you open a door, and there's this whole new set of stuff that you never saw before yeah. um, that comes from being obedient to God's nudges in those micro-obedience areas. Yep. Last question. Yes. Uh, and this is, this is like uh, flipping the last two questions that we've had. So rather than God's asking things that are too hard or things that are nonsensical, what if we discern... Um, uh, I'll, I'll ask what they said because they worded it better than I did. How do we discern whether or not to be obedient in something that you are in, that you are invited into that is good, but it might not necessarily be something that God has specifically laid on your heart? Would we not be obedient if we did not accept this invitation? So you're presented with what seems like a golden opportunity, new job, uh, great, you know, full ride college scholarship, whatever it might be, and it seems really good but it's not something that God has been speaking to you about. How do you, like, what do you do with that? <laughs> is because God's not speaking, does that mean he doesn't want you to have the good thing? Or is it a test? <laughs> um, I think that this is really interesting, because when you said it that way, I think that's probably a great segue into the next two units mm-hmm. um, where we talk about discernment that comes, knowing God's will, through um, through scripture, yep. prayer, advice of others, and circumstances. Yep. So the next two weeks we're going to talk about scripture and prayer, and then in, in, next week, and then in two weeks talk about um, circumstances and counsel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there's a piece there. Now, having said that, so I, I think in that kind of thing you've got to you've got to have your people. That you can have the conversation with and, and say, I need you to help me sort through this. Yep. Um, th- that's really, really helpful. But at the same time, I would say there are times that we say, Oh, God has spoken to me clearly about XYZ. This is what I'm supposed to do. Yep. That makes sense. I, th- this is, it's in my sweet spot. That's what I'm supposed to do. And something comes up and we think, Oh, no, that's not my sweet spot. Yeah. And so, uh, so I'm, I'm going to say no to that. When God, what God really wants, us to do is to say yes to that because there's something special in that. Yeah. Because we've idolized mm. what we perceived was God's call for those things. So yeah. if I if I apply that in my in my life, um, so I'm a pastor. I've a, I have a schedule in the office. I have things that have to get done each day that that uh, leading the staff and yep. getting ready to speak. All the all those kinds of things. Um, it's, it's, um, it's not an uncommon thing for someone to just show up in the office and say, Hey, can I talk to, can I talk to Rick? It would be easy for me to say, Oh no, I'm a pastor. God's called me to this role. I've got these things that have to be done. Um, that's not, I don't have that same sense of calling. When in reality, God really wants me to be the one to minister to that person, you know, um, to be a part of what's going on in that, and we need to be sensitive to that. So, um, it's I, I think there's there's some balance in terms of having some people that can help um, filter things, but also in recognizing that when we obey God's nudge, even though that doesn't seem to be 
one of our core things. Yep. Sometimes I think God does that because it's not one of our core things, and He mm-hmm. just wants to know, hey, you yep. want to go for a walk with me? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Come, come check out these flowers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I lo- I love that you brought up you know the the next two units because I think prayer, scripture, uh, seeking counsel. What was the other one? Circumstance. Circumstance. Um, those four things, you know, if, if we're looking at, you know, we're presented with a situation that seems like it's this golden opportunity, seems like it's this unmissable great thing, but we're not hearing God speak on it. Those are those are great questions to ask right. yourself of, okay, am I, is God really not speaking to me or am I not speaking to God? Am, like, right. am I avoiding God? And like, is, what's my prayer life look like? What's my yeah. devotional Bible reading life look like? Am I engaging in life with others that can speak into my life? What do my circumstances look like? All of that. Um, and it, it might be that God still, in yeah. the midst of all that, just kind of says like, "Hey, it's your call." Like, yeah, I'm leaving this to you. It's great that you're seeking my input, and this is just this is an opportunity that I want to see what you do. Yeah. With. Um, that's possible. Um, and I, I don't know. I think there's you can weigh that out, and it's probably just best that we'll we'll dive into that more in the in the coming weeks. Yeah, we get, we'll get really in depth to what each of those components look like. Um, and again, it's not to promise an answer from God, but right. it's, it's where we would best find an answer. <laughs> and and that discernment process is really, it really is critical because, again, if I think about in my world, in the church world, yep. there's lots of times that people come and say, oh, I think God wants us to do X, Y, Z. Yep. And I say, mm, no, we're not doing, we're not doing that. Sure. Um, and um, and so you say, well, how come? Um, well, we, we do believe that we have a clear word from God that we're supposed to do X and not Y, that we're supposed to do these things, that it takes time to do these things. And, and sometimes those opportunities are not really from God, and they're really more distraction. Yeah. But sometimes they are distraction, that comes from God because right. we need to be distracted. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love that too in the, in the context of church of how we do church life because a lot of times God will put that passion on a person and we try to offload that passion onto the yeah. church and yeah. say, hey, you know, I'll come to Pastor Rick and say, hey, you got it. Like there's this great thing. There's this program that you can start up and the church can do this. And our response typically is, great, would you lead that? Like, could you could you be a part of leading that? Well, I I don't know if I can do that, so I'll just kind of... And that's often what we try to do is yeah. we, we, we hear from God. God gives us this clear passion, this clear calling, and we go to the church with it, which is a great step yep. to run it by uh, people that are established in their relationship with Jesus. And as soon as they call you into a higher level of leadership within that and not just allow it to be pawned off to the church, that's when we tend to be like, well, yeah. well, maybe, uh, maybe you guys do it and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll check out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's, that's, that's more me speaking to me. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what I like to do is yeah. pawn off responsibility. Idea people, <laughs> idea people have lots of ideas. They sure, we, yeah. we sure do. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. All right. Anything you want to leave people with as we head into unit four? For experiencing God this week, I I would just say, I you know I had it in the very end of the in the conclusion and didn't spend a lot of time on it, but it was really convicting to me in this unit and going through the stuff when it says if we have an obedience problem, it's not really an obedience yeah. problem; it's a love problem. Um, the uh, recognition that when we love God, when we know His voice, mm. we just naturally respond to it. 
and uh, and it's really easy to um, it's really easy to flesh that out in terms of our physical relationships. Mm. If I love my wife, I'm going to do stuff that I know pleases her. I'm going to do yep. what she wants, what she desires, what she asks, yep. and I'm going to be better for it. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Cool. Well, thanks for your time. I know you're uh, itching to travel. Yeah, going <laughs> so to see a new grandbaby. Thanks for uh, recording early. Uh, thank you for your questions. Thanks for your time. Thanks for submitting everything. I uh, really would encourage you to, again, engage in Experiencing God. If you haven't picked up yep. the book, order that. You can get it on Amazon. It will be to you within 36 hours. Thanks, Amazon. He guarantees I it. guarantee it, or I will write a letter to Amazon <laughs> complaining <laughs> on your behalf. Well, would you drive an Amazon truck for them? Maybe. Yeah. Those things are cool. <laughs> yeah, they're fun. <laughs> I would drive that. That'd be fun. Uh, awesome. Thanks again for your time. Uh, thanks for your questions. Uh, be sure to do all the good social media stuff. Like the video, share the video, comment. Uh, keep the conversation going. That's always good stuff. Yeah. And we will see you next week. Bye.